Welcome to a brand new episode of Kellen's Petty Talk Show. Today on this little podcast, I am pleased to have Buffalo native Michael Hansen, guitarist and vocalist in Hotel Etiquette and former drummer of Pentimento. Man, oh man, does this guy work hard. He's been in so many bands. I bet you couldn't even count them on your fingers. In fact, you'd probably have to use your toes. Mike's impact on the Buffalo music scene has been nothing short of inspirational and his work ethic is just outstanding. He's the type of dude to go the extra mile and then do an extra mile after the extra mile. His new Hotel Etiquette LP, X Questions, just dropped on Triple Hammer Records and is up for pre-order now. So if you're here to listen to the episode, it would be killer if you could go support this incredible artist and pick up a copy. It even comes with the EP Sex Questions, which released just last summer. This was an absolute riot of a conversation, and it was a true privilege to get to hang with this guy, who I've mainly known through social media exclusively, aside from the possible hellos at Waiting Room or any other local venues in Buffalo back in the day. Like I always say, if you enjoy the episode, check out the music, shoot him a follow on Instagram at Hotel Etiquette, and give him the support artists need to survive so they can keep making bangers for us to enjoy. Shoot us a follow as well on Instagram at uh, Kellen's Petty Talk Show to stay up to date on all newly announced guests. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. You fucking hoe. Not sure if you were aware, the other podcasts don't compare. Tell your mom if she's too busy to literally stop what she's doing. I need all layers on me as I interview legends for thee. Grab your friends, your dog, and your fish. Time to rip a new episode for the kids So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show Welcome to Kellen's Petty Talk Show Hey, thanks for whoa uh, i, I want to just say thanks for for having me because this is a cool little thing that you do with all your buddies yeah absolutely i love so, doing this <laughs> thanks hell for yeah dude here. of course man sweet so uh i just started recording i, I don't know why it starts announcing that now this like it's creepy it kind of creeped me out yeah <laughs> it did that last time for the first time uh so how did you get into drumming 
Man, um, I probably started playing drums uh, because my dad would let me go to band practice with him um, back in the day. So that was probably my first uh, introduction. Um, I, I got a, a drum set after saving up some money uh, from a paper route that I had. I might have been 11, 12 years old at the time. Oh, nice. Um, so I've been playing since then. Um, and just kind of recently uh, started picking up the guitar a lot more, um, you know, right around the beginning of hotel etiquette stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So dr- drumming was your first that was it that was it for sure um my my dad was a bass player but um every time he would take me to practice you know what i mean i was kind of just mesmerized by that so uh when i told them that that was what i wanted to do they were like hell yeah like you could do that but you got to pay for them so i had to figure that out and uh that's cool you know a few years later here we are rocking and rolling have your parents always been super supportive of the bands yeah uh band practice was always at my parents place you know uh they they did their best to put up with us um over the years and i mean there was a time where i I just had to be in every band possible so before (laughs) we actually got ourselves like a practice space uh downtown um it it was the back of my parents house we built a little studio back there and it was it was really really cool man i i can't imagine what they had to go through here and us trying to figure ourselves out and I mean, holy shit. I was just in some God awful bands. So bless <laughs> them, bless them for sure. So aside from your dad, you, you'd pretty much say you come from a, mu- a musical family though. It's just really my dad. Um, my, my sister plays a little bit here and there, but she's not really head into it uh, the way that my, my dad and I might be. Um, my mom, neither. She, you know, strum a few strums, a few chords on a, on a guitar, but um, yeah, just, just kind of that. So definitely looked up to my dad a ton and tried to absorb literally everything. But, you know, our generational gap was, uh, I, I, you know, one of those things where I I had a hard time listening to the music that he, he liked, you know what I mean? I definitely had a a tough time getting into Bruce Springsteen and shit as a kid that kind of went the other way. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say like, what, what kind of stuff were they playing around you growing up? It was the Beatles. It was Bruce Springsteen. It was Tom Petty. It was Eric Clapton. It was the Stones. Yeah. Uh, all, all of the classic stuff. But then my, my dad is a big like country bluegrass guy too. So oh, sweet. just, yeah, I, again, like couldn't appreciate it at the time, but uh, him and I get together on a, on a monthly basis with uh, some of his buddies and just kind of play that type of shit, you know? So I just sit oh, in and cool. play drums for, it's cool, man. It, it, um, it lends some perspective, you know, not everything has to be 200 beats per minute, like the, the whole time. Yeah. Which I often forget. It's funny how we're, we're, we're real close minded when we're younger, but we, we definitely branch out and learn to love different genres when we get older, like especially country and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of people get into when, when they're a little older, but some people still hate it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny how polarizing that can be. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I Definitely was a bit more hard headed as a kid and, and yeah. was like, dude, no fucking way. I'm not listening <laughs> to that shit. And no now, fucking way. No fucking way. But then you start to realize, like, if you're really into your craft, if you really like writing songs and trying to figure out how to do all of that stuff, I mean, you, you uh, should look no further than some of these uh, Americana or country artists and, and they, uh, set the rules up man they like wrote the book on how to do this this is what they do they structure songs they yeah 
teach you how to build them. They tell you how to tell a story and all that stuff. It's, it's yeah. uh, an incredible learning tool. So even if you don't like the music, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's, it's kind of shallow to, to not see something that you might be able to dig out of that, you know? Yeah. You got to respect the craft for sure. Mm-hmm. Is it true that your babysitter was into punk and hardcore and she was kind of the gateway to you getting into that? <laughs> yeah, that is, that's super true. That's so funny. Yeah. We, we still talk to this day. That's awesome. Um, she, I think gave me like a corn t-shirt <laughs> or something. I remember her specifically telling me about, um, AFI. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like it was because I was trying to think of a three letter band, um, to paint on something and I couldn't yeah. think of anything. And she was like, well, what about AFI? And I was like, I don't know what that is, but awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, that was kind of it, man. I was just super, super lucky to, uh, to have somebody like that in my life who, who was down to let me borrow their CDs and shit. Um, it took me to the mall, like showed me hot topic. That was like, wow, what a, yeah. what an eye opener. Right. Um, so she was into like earth crisis and stuff. Yes. Yes. That, that's uh, wild. It was like hate breed and earth crisis and boy sets fire and shit like that. And I just, yeah. I had no clue, man. I had no clue. That's crazy. I was working on Limp Biscuit and Slipknot and Corn and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I actually was... uh, say what you're saying. Sorry. No, no, that's it. Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I went to go see uh, Earth Crisis and Snapcase last February, and let's go. The singer of AFI was randomly there and sang Caboose with Snapcase, and that was crazy. They have like a, <laughs> a super cool relationship, a super close relationship. Yeah. Uh, where bass player from Snapcase was gonna play for AFI but they yeah. ended up going with uh that dude hunter yeah just like a yeah. lot a lot of really cool um connects between buffalo and afi and california and and their like touring history and all that stuff and davy havoc man is just he's a fucking real one it's so sick oh, that yeah, we'll just see cool. that dude pop up at a show and go off yeah. and and that's it man he's uh he's a really really cool dude somebody i look up to for sure yeah, he was just hanging out too. I wanted to go up to him and say hi, but you know, he just seemed really chill. He was hanging with everybody just in the crowd. I thought yep. that was super cool. Yeah. So, were you a good kid in school or were you a bad boy? Wow, bro, I was a bad boy. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was a pretty bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did was you do a- homework and are you just getting like fights? Uh, you know what, dude? I always got pretty good grades. I was just into sh- other shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I was just Hell into yeah. other shit. Uh, I, you don't want to be there. Yeah, it, it was something like that. It was a lot like uh, I, I went to a place called Performing Arts uh, for, for high school. It was great. Um, yeah. Very, very much like the high school musical sort of experience. Uh, nobody took it too seriously, whatever. Uh, but uh, a long time ago, j- just some buddies and, and I found this um, like closet full of mm-hmm. textbooks and DVD players, televisions, laptops computers all of this stuff it seemed like it was all the shit that they told us they didn't have any of all the time yeah. <laughs> or like we didn't have enough funding to get these things in the classroom so we found all this shit and so we just decided to like it was like me and like five other dudes we just stole a bunch of laptops <laughs> like a bunch really yeah like a lot oh man and um we the whole idea was to just like give these things away to just these kids and so like (laughs) as we there was like 21 of them total i think so we start doing that and obviously like word gets out because people want one and they're offering money and it got crazy because eventually of course it came back to the school staff (laughs) 
that was going on. Oh, that's and good. so yeah, we had to fess up and do the whole jail thing for an, <laughs> for an evening, just for an evening. I'm not like a hardened criminal or anything. Um, what no what year of school was this? I think I was a junior in high school. Oh, so you were like able to go to jail? Uh, yeah, I was able to. I had the opportunity. Yeah, I like how you put that. <laughs> I had the opportunity, but I mean, it totally, it totally worked out. You know what I mean? Like it was terrifying. It was terrifying in all the right ways. And we had to like work really hard to like have our asses let back in school and like be able to graduate. And (laughs) damn, you know what I mean? It was like, it was, we were under a a microscope for like the whole of senior year, but, uh, that sucks. What? No, you know what I mean? You get what you pay for, I guess. So (laughs) I mean, you probably felt like a badass though, at least. Dude, you know what? Like, I try very hard to uh, <laughs> let that situation be a humbling one because yeah. for as funny and shit as it was, like, I, dude, people have gone uh, through some serious shit for way less than, yeah, than what we did. And so we were able to do, like, community service, yeah. pay a bunch of money, laptops go back. We had to do night school for a while, like, it, really? it, it was a, it was a slap on the wrist it was really nothing and yeah. it, it was um it was a learning experience for sure but like i said it's i, I don't want to be braggadocious about it because obviously that was yeah. a shitty thing to do but when you're exactly. a teenager yeah you're not thinking about shit like that you're just thinking like dude fuck it i'm gonna give all these laptops away who cares <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know did you keep your mug shot or did you not get one no i don't think i did i don't think we were there long enough well, well they definitely took the mug shot but i was like a kid so i think i had my record expunged yeah or that makes sense yeah. that's funny so, hey man dude i even had a question on here of like if you got arrested before because i asked like the last guest that oh yeah so that, uh, that's kind of convenient we got that, to that time <laughs> that was one time <laughs> that was one time <laughs> um did you play any sports growing up or any any cool clubs or anything I gave that, I definitely gave that stuff a shot as a kid. Um, yeah. I didn't stick with sports at all. I, I was what, like a, a season of football, a season of basketball, season mm-hmm. of baseball. Um, she wasn't about it. No, I, uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't see myself like doing the practices. I just wanted mm-hmm. to do the game. Mm-hmm. It like, did it make sense to me that you had to practice this shit? I was like, no, I just, <laughs> so you're like, I just want to perform <laughs> for sure. I was psyched on game day, but like going to practice was such a drag. And I, yeah. I just knew that it wasn't for me, um, but it was a cool way to like hang with friends and stuff like that, you know? And yeah. uh, I was just way more into doing music stuff. And luckily um, my, my parents, like they didn't give a shit as long as I was doing something productive, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it was like, um, a little beyond me, I guess, like even still to this day, I, I'm not much of a sports guy. I love to pretend I love to jump on the bandwagon and go to the parties and, you know, fuck around. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you, are you a sports guy? Yeah, I played, I played basketball for five years, baseball for like nine. Um, I did track outdoor track and cross country as well. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of running stuff. That's awesome. Were you doing acting stuff at the time? too or i've like always been doing yeah acting stuff uh i've been doing film now for like 10 years um did plays when i was like a kid so how how did you balance all of that out um i mean i didn't do it like all the time because i was in buffalo you know there wasn't that much we could possibly do you know the film community there's not very big it's it's starting to get that way obviously with quiet place and all these other movies that are happening but yeah back then it was a lot smaller yeah so tell me about that um, I, I mean, I see the, the billboards for quiet place all over the place, but I didn't realize that was like a Buffalo thing. 
Yeah, they filmed that whole movie there. Um, Rock and roll. All over Buffalo. Yeah, I guess Orchard Park, Akron Falls. Yeah, a bunch of different areas. And, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a huge success. I guess they made like $54 million in the first weekend. So Beautiful. Uh, they're, they're already talking about making the third one there. Rock and roll. Cool. I'll make sure to check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I didn't work on it personally, but I knew a bunch of people that did. Sweet. So aside from your babysitter, how'd you get into like the Buffalo music scene initially? Uh, dude, I think I was hanging out with a, a group of kids that I skated with kind of all throughout high school. Um, Hell yeah. And man, I, I might've been like 13 or 14 and they were starting bands so it was time to start a band i was like shit i play drums like let's do it and <laughs> yeah uh i met um vinnie uh that that played in pentimento um yeah. super early on we've we've like been in every band ever together so we've been doing this for quite a long time yeah um i think i might have been 14 and he might have been 13 when we started mm-hmm. jamming together yeah um then our first band was called bangerang it was sick it was not sick but it was <laughs> that's the one was, Kyle uh, always mentions to me. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay. So he, he would have told you all about it. There's, yeah. there's a ton of lore surrounding it, but it was like a right place, right time sort of thing, dude. Like mm-hmm. we were, uh, the dudes in the band were from all different high schools, which like totally helped because we're all like flyering and <laughs> da, 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 like all these different places uh, around town. So by the time uh, there was a show or whatever, we were able to get like, four or 500 kids packed in a skate park for no reason on a Friday or Saturday night. And, um, it was just really, really cool, dude. So I, you know, was spoiled. I think like the first experience I had in a band was really, really cool. I mean, we only did local stuff, but to me, like headlining a show at the skate park was like a huge fucking deal. Right. Or we're like opening for leftover crack or something crazy like that. So Are, are we talking about extreme wheels? Yeah, we're talking about extreme wheels, baby. Oh, hell yeah. You have done your homework. I love this. Yeah. Um, well, I just know. I mean, that's like our main skate park for shows. I mean, it was. Yeah. So were yeah. you rocking and rolling at extreme wheels as well then? Oh, yeah. They had like the cool. worst security ever, though. Oh, I'm sure. There's so many stories of kids just getting yoked up for no reason. Yeah. Always at yeah. X wheels. <laughs> Always at X wheels. That was that was a thing. That was definitely a thing. It was um, worth it, though. That was such a cool environment for shows. Extremely. Uh, they had so many cool tours uh like come through buffalo specifically because they had that room like all of these shows that we may have not got otherwise like and and i mean like might matter to some and not to others but if you were able to see norma jean early on like at extreme wheels that's insane you know what i mean that was like the best show ever and uh, i guess we had the icon that was sort of like that but nothing beat that open yeah. The environment of the skate park and the stage and the sound system was great and just all that all that shit and you, you always could get the kids that were skating to come over right a thousand percent if you just if you Crazy. got a day pass like you were in the show too yeah like, what do you what, yeah, what they, they, they didn't do? kick them out they, they let them stay right absolutely yeah so that was that was cool that it got you new fans is there a, a bangerang like demo or anything up online that i could hear oh was- man I'm, I'm sure there is somewhere, maybe I'm thinking pure volume. Okay. So something's uh, recorded at least. I guarantee there's something out there. I'm yeah. I'm I'll just scour the web. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a link when we're, when we're wrapped up, but yeah. Uh, so dude, it, it's not good. It's definitely not good, but it, <laughs> it was just whatever we thought was cool. Like at the time. And then, uh, <laughs> then like college time rolled around and we started doing 
you know, different stuff. I think I sent you that, that walls record. Yeah. Um, very good. I that. <laughs> that was, you know what I mean? Just, just goofball stuff. That was just yeah. the, Vinny and a couple of other dudes just going off. And, yeah. uh, but it's, it was good for like early, early stuff. Yeah. Why not? We were yeah. all psyched on, on shit like such gold and I, you know, whatever metal bands were important at the time. So we were like, let's yeah. just do both. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and then it was, uh, it was time to do Pensamento, I guess. So, um, you know, that, that ended up happening right around 2010. You just released and launched pre-orders for your debut hotel etiquette album titled X questions. How stoked are you on that? I'm, I'm stoked. I am stoked, man. Um, I, I will say that it's, it's difficult to talk about stuff like this. Like, uh, you never want to sound, uh, like you're trying to gloat. Um, I think a lot of artists in general have a tough time patting themselves on the back for the shit that they do. Um, because it's just so easy, you know, it's a slippery slope to like, no, dude, my shit is fucking awesome. And fucking everybody, (laughs) but I, I just feel really, um, I really needed to do this. I don't know how else to say it. And I'm so happy to just have it out in the world. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's, that's what the feeling is. It's just, it's a weight off my shoulders and, a not that it was a burden, but it, it was a thing that I have been working on maybe longer than I even know about, you know, mm-hmm. like the songs poured out really fast. It was a, a lot of stuff that just kind of came together right before I, I made the trip to Michigan to record it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I was really, uh, lucky, I guess, to be caught up in whatever flow that was. Um, because I- I'm proud of what came out, you know, mm-hmm. I got to, I got to do something, um, just on my own and give it a shot and I'm, I'm proud of it, you know, and I, I hope that people, uh, enjoy it just because, uh, <sighs> I, I guess I just want, I just want people to listen to it and, and understand that, um, man, when, when, when somebody makes, uh, when somebody makes a piece of art and does a whole bunch of stuff, what you're, what you're actually hearing in that, like two, three minutes of song is like a, a whole storied yeah. existence. You know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. be hearing like years of someone's fucking life Mm-hmm. in you know in this one melody or this one chorus or something like that so yeah um i, I just I, I felt like uh everybody that makes stuff is probably just trying to get as close as they possibly can to whatever is like in their head out into the world mm-hmm. and sometimes you get really fucking close and i feel like i got close you know I, it just feels like i got close this time and i'm excited to do more after this and it's it's yeah. going to be a challenge for sure but um even if i never did anything again if this was like the last like anybody yeah. ever heard from me i would i would feel cool about it you know yeah so. dude it's it's excellent i listened to the whole thing i think it's it's really good some of your best stuff yet actually and Thanks a lot, um, man. the pre-orders come with the sex questions ep from 2020 right yeah yeah so, so that came kind of like a bundle yep um, that came out last July and, uh, I, I've been putting out like, uh, singles in the meantime up until this EP. Yeah. Um, but, uh, a friend of mine approached me about doing uh, a wax release. He, he wanted to launch his label triple hammer records, uh, him and his wife. Um, their names are Torsten and Mandy shout out Torsten and Mandy, beautiful people. And, uh, when he, when he approached me about it, I thought it would be really, really cool just to make it kind of worth everybody's while to do both EPs just to, 
just to have that. Um, cause I, you know, I don't really have a plan for a full length or anything like that. So I guess I just thought it would be really cool to, to put this out and, yeah. um, you know, do them together. And you got to work with one of the daddies of pop punk, Nick Diener of the Swellers, who, uh, who took you into the studio with open arms to make the unapologetic banger. It is. How'd you like working <laughs> with him? Thanks a lot, man. I, uh, dude, I loved it. He, yeah. um, he and I got along great. It was, it was like, uh, I guess like we've been doing it forever. I've been lucky enough to tour with the Swellers and, and play a lot of shows with them over the years, but there was some yeah. sort of like musical communication that we were able to have that made it feel like we had been, you know, in, in a band together for a long time, a good like synergy and stuff. So once yeah. I was able to kind of um, lock into his, his workflow and stuff like that, um, it, it, it came out it came out easy, you know, uh, as far as making changes to the songs or a lot of the suggestions that I had, or he had, um, I, it just, it made it, it made it fun, you know, just to, just to try stuff. And, um, I think being there by myself, uh, this time made that situation like super low pressure because yeah. nobody's waiting around and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was really, really cool. And you blasted through that. What were you there for like a week? Yeah. Yep. I think we did like maybe six days or, wow. or five, five days of recording or maybe it was six, but yeah. So one or two songs a day, probably something like that. Yeah. We like laid down drums and then yeah. kind of built them from, from there, which was, uh, it was really cool actually to spread it out. I've never done it this way, but it would just be like, Hey, so what do we feel like doing? You want to do some vocals? You want to do some guitar? Yeah. You want to do bass, <laughs> like whatever. So that was kind of cool to approach it in different ways. And, um, do things like sprinkle guitar stuff in after the melodies were all done. And yeah, you know, just, um, a different way that I'm, that I'm used to, or, or like a different process that I'm used to. Um, so that was awesome. And it saved my voice a ton. Cause I could just yeah. knock out like one or two a day and I wasn't struggling, yeah. um, which really helped, but he, it was cool because I, uh, in the past, like I always, um, especially with vocals, I, I really struggle. So I, I'm just not like much of a, much of a singer, or I'm still like very much learning how to, to approach that. And, dude, you're uh, great. Come on. Oh, stop, dude. I, thank you. I, I just, <laughs> even in Panamano, dude, your voice is like part of the music. I love it. <laughs> Man, I, I found it so much easier to play drums and sing than playing guitar and singing. It's like almost impossible yeah. for me to, to do this, but like, I can see that. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. I'm I'm that's like the the next thing on my list to practice a ton. Um, Is it just harder like cuz you're more concentrated on playing the guitar and it's just easier. Exactly. Yeah. It, for whatever reason the like the drumming thing is like second nature so yeah. i like i only have to think about one or the other okay you know i was lucky enough to grow up around bands like from on the ashes or whatever that was like no no, no <laughs> yeah or under oath or something where it's like this is <laughs> the heavy shit this is yeah this is okay to do don't worry about it like <laughs> it's fine um but yeah so nick had me do a lot of shit um just in one pass like a like a whole performance of the song and just if i needed to leave a word or two out take a breath or something cool but he really wanted to push for like this performance feel rather than like we cut it up line by line and mm -hmm. whatever so that's what i've always kind of pushed for in the studio just to to save my 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 voice but yeah uh, I, was, I was doing it wrong you know i was doing it wrong and <laughs> uh we also we also tuned down quite a bit um yeah then, then I'm used to, it's usually like standard with a capo somewhere okay. and it's at the tippy top of my range. And I, I really like, I love that kind of shit. So I think I just yeah. went after it, not really thinking like, 
you're going to have to pull this off somehow, but, uh, yeah. Or like you, like you get lucky and you demo it in your car and it like came yeah. out really good that one time, but you'll never hit that fucking note again. So <laughs> like, it, like I actually, uh, on X questions, there's stuff from the demos that we oh, okay. like a ton of stuff, uh, from the demos actually made it into the record just because of just stuff we couldn't really recreate. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of fun too. So a quick note, a quick aside yeah. for everybody, like, dude, if you are a, or if you are doing records, like fall in love with the demo process, like don't yeah, be afraid absolutely. to spend some time and make that shit cool because you never know how it's going to like come back to haunt you. Or yeah. the worst thing is like when you're searching for that one guitar sound and comparing everything that you're doing in the studio to the demo, it's annoying for a lot of reasons. It's annoying yeah. for the engineer because they are trying to do a better job than your demo. And yeah. it's like annoying for you because you're sitting there trying to recreate this magic that you might not be able to so it's yeah like a fine line you got to walk but man there's so much usable stuff in the demos if you just like mm -hmm. you know what i mean it, because you're so caught up in that initial like excitement about whatever you got going on and it's uh it's really fun to drop that stuff in i think it's like a little more humanizing for for the, the listening experience you know and there's always going to be like the necessary tweaks and polishing later on anyway so might as well have fun with the demo process absolutely and i mean dude we, yeah. we're like we live here now where everybody's got like a, a phone and a MacBook and like, we can just do so much with yeah. so little. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing because then uh, when you get to the studio, you have like an actual idea, like a sonic map in your head of what you think stuff should sound like. Cause you had a chance to sit on your fucking computer and dial yeah. stuff in and dick around. And it's, yeah, it's really, absolutely. really cool. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, Diener was very much like, Hey man, um, you got to get this in one take. So give it a shot. <laughs> Click. And like, wait, really? <laughs> was, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny for, for, uh, move to California, for example, I, yeah. I played in the demo. He was like, dude, like, I love this song. I think we can fit it in, but I'm telling you, this is one of those things where I, I need you to get it done in one take because that that's what kind of song this is like. Yeah. So it was just, okay. Pressure's on like, let's, let's yeah. rock and roll. And we, we got, we recorded it through like, uh, like a rotary phone and stuff and just like a room mic yeah um and so that was a lot of fun uh but he made he made me do shit like that throughout which was really really cool because That's i always awesome. approach it a little yeah it was yeah. it was a lot more punk than than i thought yeah. you know i was getting myself into because i like to stop and take my time and let me try that again and yeah you know he's like no man just let it rip and it was it was cool yeah or when you were doing the the one rapping thing i forgot what that song's called with the autotune that was oh, cyclone cool. yeah, cyclone. <laughs> yeah. What, what made that what made that come up or you just like testing it out for something else and then you start oh um that was so funny for i'm in love with judging you uh there's so there's two vocal layers in that one yeah. one has autotune like a hundred percent so it's like super robotic <laughs> Yeah. And then there's one vocal that's totally raw. So that it's supposed to it, like layer in that way. And you can hear some of the imperfections, but I, I kind of like that because yeah. the, the auto tune gets dicey in certain spots. And then my actual vocal kind of gets dicey too. And I, I just, yeah. I, I liked it because other than that, it's just like a four on the floor, like dance track at the end of the day. <laughs> so if it wasn't for all of that mess, then uh, it wouldn't be, but yeah. So I, I asked them to turn it on. Yeah. And uh, when I, 
I mean, dude, of course, like from note one, as soon as I heard myself, I was like, yo, <laughs> do me a favor, hit record on your fucking phone right now. I have an idea. <laughs> He's like, dude, that was one of those days where like, I, I don't know if I was having a good day or a bad day. I just remember that like I saw that and it was at like that right point of the day where I just needed that. And I was just oh, crying, man. dude. It was so <laughs> fucking funny. Oh, shit. Well, I'm happy to yeah. uh, I'm happy to have um, brightened your day a little bit, man. And I appreciate you saying so, because yeah. uh, that was extremely fucking weird. But <laughs> like, why not? That was the other thing, too, man. Nick is like he just loves fucking around. So yeah, that's fun. it was it was cool. Um, have was, you ever recorded with somebody that doesn't like fucking around? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's, uh, that's tough. Paul Paul Levitt um who recorded uh i no longer yeah uh he he liked fucking around as far as like his own shit went like he liked fucking around in the way of like (laughs) i know i'm supposed to be at the studio at 11 but i'm gonna go to this indian buffet and then i'm gonna walk my dog (laughs) and then i'm gonna be at the studio and then it's like three o'clock and he shows up and he like opens a pro tool session yeah and then he's like all right cool i'm gonna go microwave some rice and uh (laughs) so yeah he I, I don't know either way you slice it he either did like fucking around or did not like fucking around That's um funny. so that record took a month to make <laughs> uh instead you know and that that was a lot of fucking around. i mean as far as fucking around goes yeah um th- that was the first time i smoked weed so was during that album yeah really yeah. Wow. Yep. we were just kind of stuck in the studio i mean there it was nothing to do and it was time i couldn't sleep i was like going nuts we like the uh the studio was just this like little tiny uh hole in the wall Mm. with roaches and it was awesome Mm. um but (laughs) i mean i i love that record and i love that experience but it was like very gritty and uh working with paul was like awesome but really challenging because he had great he had great ideas and he knows how to make records for sure yeah um but he was he was going through a lot of shit at the time yeah and i don't think it was i don't think it was exactly high on his priority list to like Mm -hmm. be in the creative mix and shit um he he had just lost his son actually which was a huge fucking bummer so Mm -hmm. uh it, it was it was tough man because this was like our first big boy purchase as a band we yeah. like we were supposed to uh we were supposed to sign to hopeless mm, and damn. um we were gonna do this record and it was gonna come out on hopeless and then while we were in the studio uh we had fronted the money to uh to, to do it it was like 10 grand yeah and they were going to reimburse us 15 or something like that. Yeah. And while, while we were in the studio, they like sent us an email that was like, Hey, we're going to pass. They picked another band to sign. So we were like Damn. shitting our pants. Yeah. It was fucked. That's um, shitty. It was awful. It was awful, but they can they, do like, that. They can like hype you up like that. And then just say that. I mean, until the, the, the contract is signed, I think they can do whatever the fuck they want. Fuck and and I mean, record. No, and not fuck Opal's records. It's, it, I mean, <laughs> that shit sucked. No, you're right. Fuck, <laughs> fuck them. It just, it sucked for us because we had our hopes up for sure. And you, you live and you learn. It's, you know, I hate to be cliche, but that's just, that's like the, the name of the game sometimes. And luckily, while we were in there, um, bad timing scooped it up and and was cool with putting it out so they helped us out in a major way and we had a we had a 
great time working with them on the release and I'd have nothing bad to say. Like it, it couldn't happen any other way. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it just, it just sucked, you know, like we were there, uh, at a time where, um, Baltimore was freaky. going through a lot. Yeah. Baltimore was freaky. It was going through a lot. Um, yeah. there was just like crowds every day out there or police every day out there. Um, dangerous it, place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, we had like, like a square block that we could really walk, um, maybe down to the, to the mm-hmm. waterfront or something like that. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, how do I say it, man? It oh. was a try. It was a trying time. Yeah. It was a trying time. We, we spent a lot of money at a seven 11 because it wasn't really <laughs> like, it was like seven 11 McDonald's in this Chinese spot. That was really all that was like safe to get to or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, being in the studio with, with Paul, like I said, it was great when, when he was into it and it was really tough because you could tell he was checked out. Yeah. And so for, for us to have like spent that money and then been dealt the blow by, by mm-hmm. hopeless and like, dude, Paul works with, or worked with hopeless, like almost exclusively. And we thought this was going to be like a no brainer. And yeah. so we, you know what I mean? And our, our fault for not having, um, the sense to, to shop around or whatever. We definitely put mm-hmm. all our eggs in that basket, but we were like, holy mm-hmm. shit, it's, it's hopeless records. It's going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't pan out. So, mm-hmm. uh, that, that experience was super crazy and I'm really thankful for it because I, I think like listening back to that record, it sounds kind of painful and it was in a lot of ways, you know, um, especially for, for Jerry dude, like mm-hmm. we, we finished the record and we had like a week left booked in the studio. And one day like Vinny just, (laughs) he woke up, we're sitting in the control room Mm -hmm. listening to shit or whatever. And he just told Jerry, like, he's like, dude, I don't believe you. Like when I'm listening to this, like, I don't, I don't believe it. And Jerry was so fucking upset. So pissed and rightly so, you know what I mean? He was just like straight up like, so do I have to redo everything or like what? (laughs) Like, so this was like towards the end too. Like most of it was recorded. Yeah. Most of it was recorded. I I don't even think, I don't even think we had stuck forever on the record yet. I think we, we like made that song like that week before we left. Damn. Um, yeah, it was insane. I don't know if I agree with that, dude. I, I love that album. Honestly, it sounds super you know oh no i well that's the thing is that he he went back and redid all the vocals so it, and it came uh, out you know what i mean it came out that like i i can't even say enough about how his voice sounds on it and that's that's like all him too dude like he yeah. he really shined that there's not a lot of pitch correction there's not a lot of uh, yeah. editing done on his voice uh for that he just fucking smashed it um yeah i think it sounds tight honestly yeah, he did an amazing job. He's he's the best singer I I know he, yeah. easily, hands down. Yeah, uh, I feel like in in a lot of ways, I'm not even gonna say a lot of small ways, but in a lot of ways, everything that I'm doing with Hotel Etiquette or trying to do is informed by informed by Jerry for sure. I mean, I just yeah. got to watch him night after night do his thing. He sang sick. He sang fucking drunk. He sang pissed, <laughs> you know, he sang happy. He sang for five people. He sang for 5,000 people. He, you know, he's just, uh, he through and through, dude, he's the best singer that I know hands down. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I, w- I can't picture him being pissed. He always seems like a happy dude. Oh man. He's, a, he's a sweetie. He's yeah. a sweetie, but I'm just saying it's like, uh, it, it, it was a, a pleasure to, to get to 
learn from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in any small way, I wish I would have paid better attention, mm-hmm. honestly, but, uh, for sure, man, that was a, that was a crazy record. The, the hotel experience is a major contrast to that. Everything yeah. that I've been able to do at like quiet country audio or mm-hmm. out at Nick's comparatively has been a breeze and a pleasure. And, um, I don't, I, I, I really miss being in the studio with band dudes. I, I you know, I, I like miss the experience of being in there with Pentimento and trying to share ideas and talk mm-hmm. stuff out. But, um, you know, giving this a shot has been awesome too. And very rewarding in its own ways. Cause it's just you and a, a small circle and everybody mm-hmm. kind of gets to have their needs met and it's not a lot of compromise. Cause you're just kind of like, fuck. Yeah. If you think this is awesome, I think this is awesome. Let's yeah. do it. You know, like, Oh, yeah. There's, there's not a lot of, uh, not a lot of theory, a lot more action. You know what I mean? Very DIY. Yeah. In a way for yeah. sure. Especially, especially with Nick. Um, yeah. You know, and not to say I, the experience at quiet country is usually me asking Paul, like, Hey, can I do it like this? And Paul's yeah. just like, cool with whatever. Whereas, you know, Nick has made records himself a bunch and he is really trying to pu- push a particular feeling out something you know so that's that that was the difference this time around and i feel like uh it's kind of cool because you, you might be able to hear it on this record you know mm-hmm, absolutely so back to some hotel etiquette does the devil really speak to you when you're trying to sleep at night oh man so i had a a pretty weird experience um when we first moved into uh our, our apartment, uh, the first apartment that my wife and I moved into, um, shortly after we started staying there, I was having some really bad insomnia issues. And so that's, uh, probably the culprit, uh, for sure. I don't, I don't know if there's anything more nefarious at play, but, um, yeah, man, I just had this, uh, I wouldn't even call it a dream because I was awake, but, uh, I heard a voice. It spoke. Mm -hmm. Um, and, it, it happened a, a few times and it's not that it ever like, uh, and it, it's not that it ever like announced itself. It just felt like that. It just yeah. felt like, like I was for sure that that's what it was. It just, it didn't have to tell me or say anything in particular. It was just like, Oh yeah, that's, that's definitely the devil. So I <laughs> just like, wow, that's crazy sat with that. And then got therapy and medication and yeah, what did, what did it say? What did it say to you? Do you remember what it said to you or? Do you forget? Uh, no, the first time it, it said, let's roll. That was it. Did you say let's rock? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought that was like very, very strange. And I was just kind of like frozen in my bed at the time. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, the lyrical theme, I guess on, on that track is more about, um, the way that things like alcohol might call to you in that yeah. way, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, the fact that the fact that it speaks to you at certain times and it doesn't have to say anything, it just has to say, yes, it has to say, yes, it's okay. Indulge, yeah. do this, destroy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and you know yeah. that it's bad or, you know, that you're making an excuse to do something that, um, is hurting you at the end of the day or, mm-hmm you're doing it in the name of a good time, but maybe somewhere 
um, maybe somewhere you're not having such a good time and you're feeding that too, you know? And so that's maybe a little more, uh, or a little closer to an explanation of what that means on the, on the track itself. But, yeah. uh, yeah, definitely did have creepy dreams. Definitely. <laughs> really, that's, that's crazy. Have you ever gotten uh, experience sleep paralysis? You ever getting that? Yeah. Well, that's what it was, you know? So I, I would oh, just okay. be kind of like stuck, but awake, I see. but super weird stuff was happening. Like the, the windows would start to grow to like, you know, just some exorbitantly high <laughs> height or like, really, yeah, all the doors would open in my apartment and I could just see that, but I couldn't do anything about that. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're so stuck. I'm, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, ch- I'm here. So like, I know I'm in my bed. I know I'm in my house. I know yeah. like, but something is off and it's just like alarming. So I can't do anything about it. And then you start to hear the voices and shit and you're like, man, I got to lay off the peyote or something. Yeah. <laughs> You know, nah, I've never had voices, but I've had sleep paralysis twice. And, um, the first time I was on my back in like a yeah. car setting and I woke up, just couldn't move. Second time I was like laying on my side, which I thought was weird. Cause it's usually only when you're on your back okay. and uh, I was on my side. And that was the time where I saw like a figure where they like walked. Oh man. Stuff, and that was just, yeah. And that time I had already had it happen. So I knew what was going on and I just was like, okay, it's not there. <laughs> so at least you know what to expect a little bit. Yeah. You got to just pretend it's not there and it goes away. <sighs> yeah, dude. I mean, it used to happen to me as a kid, like a ton, like a ton, a ton. Really? And uh, yeah, weird. it was super weird. But I mean, this, this whole, this whole thing was a little different. I mean, like being stuck or frozen was part of it, but it was like a little more aware than mm-hmm. I expected to be or a little more aware than I usually am in a dream. Mm-hmm. So th- that's what made it so fucking weird. Cause I was like, Oh no, like this is actually happening. <laughs> yeah. This is, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of insane. Or at least it felt like that. You know, I don't, I don't ever really know what to think about those experiences for sure, but yeah, it's fun to, it's fun to indulge. It's fun to wonder. Absolutely. Uh, you where'd know? you get the name hotel etiquette? The shining? No, <laughs> not the shining, but that, that would have been cool. Hell yeah. Um, I was having a conversation with uh, a couple of guys that used to play in the band. I can see mountains. Oh, I love them. Uh, Yeah. Best band of all time. Um, (laughs) I was having a conversation with those guys uh, last, last May, probably right around this time. And uh, I was like, man, I want to start a a band. I want it to be like this. I want to da, 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 da. And so we were talking about band names and they, (laughs) they were reminiscing about destroying hotels when they were on tour as I can see mountains. They were saying like, dude, we used to just like put the room on Justin's card. And then like Matt would just start like throwing the remotes through the windows and whatever. Uh, And it was just funny um, because they were talking about the hotel etiquette of I can see mountains Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Christian, uh, the fake space guy, he Mm -hmm. uh, shout out fake space. He said something like, yeah, no hotel etiquette. They have no hotel etiquette. And I was like, dude, that is kind of sick. Yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of where it came from. Were you already trying to start start the band at that time? Or was it a little I later? think I, I, no, I had demoed um, maybe like two songs by that point. Okay. Um, stuff that didn't, end, that, that didn't even end up on the EP, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was cool. That was probably right around this time last year and then came out in July. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. July, 2020, uh, in the video for high, you literally get high off candy. Where'd you get that idea? Yep. And why was it so brilliant and necessary for this brand, brand of music? 
I, you know, I, I think it was just one of those things where, well, okay, to tell you the truth, we went to a friend of ours uh, place who had a garbage bag full of candy. He was just like, yo, do you guys want some chocolate or something? And we're like, yeah, sure. And he brings out a fucking, you know, like a five gallon garbage bag of just candy. Like yeah. just he orders the shit on the internet and just has this insane stash. What the fuck? So we start taking all these pictures with it. And then I, like a couple months go by and I'm like, dude, I want to just, I want to do exactly what he did because it was like, it was like being at a party and somebody brings out this tray of just whatever the fuck. Right. Yeah. It was exactly <laughs> like that, except it's like cotton candy and nerds and like Twizzlers and whatever. So, um, um, I just thought that, that would be really, really cool. And it would like fit the, fit the vibe of the song, you know? Um, yeah. so my, my wife and I just like kind of talked about some different ways to pull that off and she, uh filmed it on i think my phone with like yeah, a little gimbal and we just kind of like went for it yeah um no, and that was really fantastic. really cool it was just kind of <laughs> thanks man just just like fucking around and it was done in a night and we had a blast yeah <laughs> so. dude it's hilarious um speaking of getting high uh weed is completely legal in buffalo now right yes i well completely legal i think Maybe. it's like legal to smoke yeah right something like i feel so, like you can walk down yeah, the street something. with like a blunt at this point yeah i feel like you can without being too worried about what the cops are going to do for sure my friend charlie Coming around my, my friend charlie and i uh we drove down that street goodyear while i was home recently and all the oh, usual, yeah for sure all the usual culprits are still out there do you think they're gonna st- stick around or you think they're gonna move on to like just selling the harder drugs now i have no idea um i think that Anytime there's a primary market, a secondary yeah. market emerges and yeah. with something like drugs, uh, in particular weed, because it's just so much more common yeah. uh, to, to have and to, to sell. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that dispensaries are like a tourist thing, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. that it's not going to affect like the, the usual suspects, as you say, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be like supporting small businesses. You know what I mean? Like, are you going to buy it from Amazon or are you going to buy it from your buddy? Yeah, that's that's how it goes, true. right? So, plus, don't just, the dispensaries I, I don't charge a lot more, don't they? Typically, I think a ton. Yeah, yeah, it's not fair. No, it's not fair. Um, so when you dropped the "I'm in love with judging you" video, I was instantly in tears. Uh, the shit was so great, uh, especially when you start, <laughs> especially when you start jumping around like a kid in like a kids' bop commercial. <laughs> that was freaking awesome, dude. Yes. Nice, uh, dude. <laughs> That's uh, a great comparison. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, the single contact lens is just hilarious. Uh, where'd you get the idea for the video? Um, I, honestly, I just wanted to make something that looked cool. So right. this was like a conversation that I had with my wife. Um, I, I can't even tell you like what exactly inspired it. It was just like, Hey, I think I want to do a video at rec room. I think I want to take my shirt off. I think I want to have gold (laughs) pants. I think I need, I think I need contact lenses. I think I need uh, standing like tube lights. I think all this stuff. So it just kind of spilled out and there's no like true agenda with this thing. I just, I just wanted to make it look awesome. And so we, we had a fucking blast. Um, so it was pre- way pretty much, much like a, it was like a collaborative effort with your wife then. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, something that I talked to her about, just said like, Hey, would you be comfortable doing something like this? And 
she's just a lot more like conservative and cool than, than I am. So to yeah. me, like taking your shirt off and being an asshole sounds great. Um, <laughs> but I, so I was like trying to get her, uh, to see the vision and, uh, she totally got it. She was like, fuck yeah. Like this, this could be awesome. She bought like three <laughs> different, three different gold bathing suits and like <laughs> shoes and shit just to, just to make it cool. She got me already. Like it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun. Um, and we got to shoot it with a guy, uh, named Matt from, uh, mass next level media who, um, has worked with her a ton in the past. She's just done like some modeling stuff and he's, uh, he's great. And this was like his first music video, um, experience. So, oh, wow. Uh, he was just kind of trying shit out and I was just kind of trying shit out <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and there it is. And I, I, I just like, I, I love editing. So that's, yeah, that's, uh, absolutely. That was like another thing where I didn't know like how the footage was going to come out or whatever. He was going on like a trip to like Mexico or something. So I was like, dude, just like, let me have it. Yeah. I want to tear through it. And, uh, it was sick. Or did you do like premiere pro? I had a lot of fun. No, just iMovie. Oh, <laughs> I was wow. civil boy. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you and your wife have a hilarious project you're doing called Rumble Pack. Yes, sir. Uh, and you recently released a three-song unapologetic banger, properly called Demo. Yes. Uh, where'd you get the inspiration to sing about screaming in your pillow, mac and cheese cravings, and having to take a bath when your dad tells you to? <laughs> um, this is just stuff that like makes us laugh. We like sing these types of songs to each other all the fucking time and yeah. just thought it was like better suited for like, like a, a punk band where we could deliver it to the parents, like our friends that have kids and it would be cool for the kids. Cause they can relate, but cool for the parents. Cause it might sound like bands that they were, were into or something like that, you know? So yeah. just trying to like walk that line between like being good at it, but also silly enough. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't, I don't want it to be stupid. Uh, but you know, and I mean, like, there's just so much room for this kind of stuff. There's like the, the wiggles and the fucking aquabats and mm -hmm. stuff like that, which is really, really cool. But why can't there be like a million punk bands for kids? There's yeah. a million punk bands for adults. You know what I mean? So hundred percent. No, dude, I thought it was great. Do you think we'll see more of that? More Rumble Thanks Pack? a lot. Yeah, dude, got big plans. So we're going to record some stuff. Uh, like a five song demo this summer or a five oh. song EP this summer. Cool. Um, and then my hope is to, to maybe start doing some custom songs for, for some homies and their kids and kind of shop that idea around a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, have you been enjoying married life? Yeah, we're coming up on two years, uh, in the fall and, um, very cool. Yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be like 12 years together total. Mm -hmm. So was she your friend a long time before you guys became married? Yeah, I've known her since I was like 15. So Oh wow, okay. Yeah. So, um early days. It was super early on. Yeah, she's seen it all. So <laughs> she has seen <laughs> it all. So every every uh horrible band that I've ever been a part of, she knows all the all the secrets about. Um, That's funny. Which is cool. So yeah, you, but Mary Life was, is great. You said it was from school you met her? No, she uh kind of lived outside the city um in, okay. in Boston, New York. Um, so it was friend groups going to shows, I think was probably how we really inter intertwined at first, but like, wow. uh, yeah, just, just the same homies and stuff like that. And then I like met back up with her after, um, like a couple of years of just not really hanging out or something. And I was just like, Whoa, yeah. do, do you want to get married? So <laughs> we did. 
No, that's super cool. She's super talented too. So shout out to her. Oh shit, man. Thanks a lot. And I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, of course. So Penamento started back in 2011. Tell us about yeah. how the band first got formed, including the lineup and your mission for the band. Um, I was doing a project with Lance called this very moment, um, that I was playing guitar and singing in actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucked and <laughs> <laughs> we needed a bass player and Jeremiah, uh, was recently, um, tasked with like going out to i think poughkeepsie new york or some shit to like open a tim hortons so he was living this like (laughs) he was living this life of like being this young ass dude but he's making like 50 60 grand a year but he fucking he hates his life because he's just working for the man you know what i mean he's just doing tim Hortons stuff and he he couldn't stand it he heard like uh this very moment demo that lance had sent to him and he was like yo fuck it like i want to i want to play like let's do it so he comes out to buffalo we jam and shit and then he's like, uh, a couple of practices in, he he just made this comment, like totally off the cuff. Just, um, I think I like, I made him a tab sheet of a song or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah dude, like I'll, I'll take this home. Like, um, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be psyched on playing bass. So I can't necessarily say I'm going to practice it, but yeah, like I'll, yeah, I'll take it. And I was like, fuck, like uh-huh. you're not, you're not a bass player, you know? And he's like, yeah, like you're, you're a drummer. And I was like, yeah, okay. I think I know what we got to do, you know? And from there on in, it was like, okay, Jerry has to play guitar and he has to sing because he's the best singer of all time. Um, Lance, (laughs) like Lance has been in bands with Jerry before. So he was like very stoked to, kind of like jump back into that role is like Jerry's right hand lead guitar guy. It was sick. Um, lucky that Vinny wanted to join too. That band, our walls had kind of just dissolved. So yeah, uh, we were just hanging on to the practice space and just decided like, dude, why don't we just do it like this? And um, that was kind of it, man. The The mission was be the biggest band on the planet. Uh, it did not exactly pan out but we had a fucking blast. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, dude, I mean, that was, that was a crazy experience. I think we were just at that, that age where um, we were like, dude, okay, we're not exactly kids anymore. And if we waste any more time, it might, you know, like our, the opportunity might fucking dry up. Like there, there might yeah. not be a window. So if we're going to try this, like we should really try this. And everybody like, man, we all somehow like had jobs that were cool with us taking time off to do this. And we maintained work in between tours, working at like the venues around here or, uh, you know, different gigs and shit, but, um, (laughs) it always worked out somehow. And, uh, that was a crazy thing just to like, have your eyes open to the fact that that's possible. Mm -hmm. And we were able to do so much insane shit. Mm -hmm. um just because of this little punk rock band and just things that i would have never done on my own you know um super lucky to have that as the vehicle for something like your your world experience you know the fact that like you are a a person with values who is respected or respects others and has a fucking head on their shoulders like that comes from somewhere right so Mm -hmm. like to, to be able to tour and meet people and make mistakes and figure shit out and try really hard at something with a bunch of like-minded people like that's mm-hmm. special no matter what size your band ever 
uh, gets to be. It's just like incredible that you could do it like at all. And, and you get to, you get to use that, um, for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I, I fucking, I wouldn't trade any of that. Not the, not the worst of it. I finally get to know what that means when people say that, like, I, I wouldn't trade any of that for the world because, you know, I, I still have so much love for those guys. We still are close, even though everybody's kind of moving in their own directions and stuff. Like, um, it's always going to be love. And we all, we all know why, you know, we took care of each other out there and, uh, and shit like that. So, um, I I respect everybody that gets in the van, dude, you realize extremely Mm -hmm. fucking quick that whether you're in Pentimento or you're Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. there, there is this at the end of the day type thing that we all share where it's like, it's the thing you love, but it, it picks you apart in certain ways and it becomes a grind, but you like have to do it. Like you wouldn't exist without it or you wouldn't feel valuable or, or right. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy that, that we were able to do anything, you know, and then Mm -hmm. having the, the Reggie and the full effect experience after that was Mm -hmm. even crazier because we're going from like 300, maybe 500 cap venues to 3000. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we didn't know, (laughs) we, we did not know, we did not know. So, um, and for better or for worse, like that was, it was nice to get a taste of that too, but it it all kind of, uh, fizzled out right before the pandemic stuff happened anyhow. So in, in a way, um, I, I feel lucky that everybody kind of said goodnight when they did, you know, yeah. and un- unintentionally had like a last show or something mm-hmm. at the, at the ballroom. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, crazy. So I know, I know Jeremiah, I worked at town ballroom because one day I, I went there and I, I look up and he's like the guy tearing my tickets. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Here's Jeremiah. Uh, what other kind of jo- uh, jobs do you guys do? Um, I worked for Amvets for a super long time. Um, oh, okay doing like marketing stuff for them. Um, I was able to work from the road That's quite a bit, which was really, really, uh, yeah, that was clutch. Um, they did probably every venue in the city, uh, whether it was front of house stuff or just load, unload, stage yeah. tech, um, bartending, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, bath fitter and god whatever the whatever the equivalent to bath fitter is with the windows yeah um fucking soda stream fucking <laughs> matador beef jerky uh <laughs> i was like canvassing for political candidates for a couple of summers um between tours and shit wow. uh yeah dude like just literally whatever i think Amvets was like super consistent that was awesome because yeah. even when i when i was home they uh they had me back to work full time and then when i was on the road i could still make money That's um cool. as far as the other dudes go i mean they got like super into the bath fitter thing or working like the canal side events or something and they were they were really well set That's um cool it was, it was a lucky thing for sure. Lots of work. They were yeah. doing like the Erie County fair, putting in like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like 80 hour, 90 hour weeks and shit, but yeah. Living the hustle life. Yes, sir. So you guys put out the wrecked EP oh. in the middle of summer, 2011. How was yeah. that first release received and how long did it take for the Buffalo music scene to really catch on to the band? Um, home has always been really good to us, man. Like yeah. we, yeah. Uh, 
people came out to support very early on and it only got cooler. Um, so I, I have like such an endless adoration for all of the, the people that we fucking met just because of this project, but especially yeah. the ones in Buffalo, because these are still the people that we're keeping up with. These are the people that we work with on a daily basis. These are the people that this is my barber. This is my tattoo artist, this photographer guy, this, that, da, 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 da. Everybody came from that uh, little soup, you know what I mean? So lucky in a, in a, in a big way to have had that support uh, early on. And I just, I could never, ever, ever thank those people enough for, for, for being there, but more so for being around now, because it's just a lot of connections that we still, still have. And uh, it's, it's what helps the world go around now that we're all adults with lives and shit. Yeah. You, um, you guys made a huge impact on the Buffalo music scene. Like at one point, I feel like you guys were one of the biggest local bands besides, you know, ETID, you know, that were doing things regularly. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got really lucky to have the the hometown support that you could, you could yeah. only really hope for, you know? Um, so I, I love this city. It's the best city in the world. And Me I'm not too. saying that just cause, just cause I'm from here. We, I mean, we've been lucky to go all over the place and I just have never, I've never felt it. Like I feel it here. Absolutely. Um, and, and so whether that's our shows or uh, just the show life in general, uh, the, the atmosphere and you're, you're very well familiar, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's a cool place to be a very cool scene, man. Uh, when the wheels are greased and it's going like, there's definitely been lulls for yeah. sure, yeah. but, uh, a new batch of bands, um, always ends up coming around and doing it all over again. So, um, tons of cool stuff going on out here right now. Um, but yeah, man, that was, uh, that was received well, I guess. We we put it out independently at first. Then yeah. Panic Records picked it up and repressed that, which was really cool. Um, that introduced us to the idea of like uh, having a publicist who was able to yeah. send it out for reviews and stuff. So we we just had like a lot of eyeballs on it at first, and um, that was that was cool. But I knew like we we all knew we could do better. Like right after it happened, and you know, so, <laughs> like right um. After. Yeah. And the more we did the stuff, the more it was just like, uh, we were still trying to figure ourselves out. And I, I didn't realize that at the time, you know, I thought we were executing very yeah. well until, until <laughs> you get around other bands and shit that are just straight up better than you. And you're yeah. like, Oh God, <laughs> like we are fucking, we got to figure it out. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll never forget. Like, That's funny. uh, we did, um, wrecked and then the split and that was cool then we did the first lp and like that was uh, that was its own fucking headache because <laughs> we were like getting sued at the time or about what? to get sued at the time oh shit yeah it's drama 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 um but anyway so that lp comes out um we're trying to get on some kind of tour some manager is like yeah this band's okay they're probably not gonna figure it out until lp2 and we were like, what? <laughs> they called us an LP2 band. That's funny. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, what, what? does that even, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> some time, some time goes by. And uh, we we're hanging out with the dudes in Have Mercy mm -hmm. in, a, in a van. And they were like, yo, I think this was right before they put out A Place of Our Own. So back, back whenever that was. Super punk rock. Um they were like yo do you want to hear a couple of tracks yeah cool they fired up 
And I had like maybe 11 or 12 songs like written and demoed for yeah. the new record already. And, the, and, uh, Brian Swindle played the, those two tracks. And I was like, yeah, I'm scrapping everything. Like if oh. this is what's happening, if this is what's going on out here, if this is like what, what's what the next wave of shit is going to sound like, yeah, I'm starting all the way the fuck over. Like, wow. and it, you know, it, it was like really inspiring. Not, you know, shout out, have mercy. They, they were great to us. We got to tour with them and stuff uh, for a while. That was a great experience. But um, yeah, yeah. Like I heard that record and I was like, yes, dude, like this is actually sick. And I, I, if this is what's going on, like our band is going to go fucking nowhere. So we got to yeah. try harder. And that was like mm-hmm. a major eye opener. And then all of a sudden here we are LP two. And it's like, <laughs> wow, like I actually really like this. Like I'm really, I, I'm proud of this record and shit. And it, fuck it is lp2 huh like all right cool so i guess yeah i guess that is what it is so he instilled that in you <laughs> god damn it so not sure how or why but walmart has copies of wrecked for sale on their website still to this day are you endorsed, endorsed by, by walmart do they sponsor you bro am i endorsed by walmart yeah in a way i feel like i am considering like the amount of things in my house that come from there yeah i did not realize that they sold copies of wreck though like on cd or i think so yeah wax? i don't know i saw that earlier today and i was like what can i look this up really quick would you mind yeah. if i just go on well absolutely absolutely dude this is kind of crazy so you said you were like just looking around on the internet earlier for stuff yeah, I don't I don't even know what I was looking up. Something Panomeno related and that just popped up. I'm like, what? I think I was just looking right. up Wrecked EP. I was probably listening to it or something. And then that popped up and I was like, what? Holy fuck, dude. There I think it it's a CD and it's like 17 bucks. Yeah, for $17. So yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. And dude, you could buy a copy of I No Longer for 30 bucks on vinyl. I, oh, I didn't see that. I'm fucking mind blown right now. Yeah, and crazy. you could get inside the sea. All right, get this. Get this. Yeah. You can get inside the sea on CD, which okay. is like four four tracks. Yeah. For yeah, 20, yeah. 28 bucks. Oh wow, what a steal. Holy fuck. Wow. That uh-huh. <laughs> blows my mind. That's crazy. Cool. So that's that's kind of weird. What do they just just sell it online? Obviously, like it never went to stores, right? Like Walmart? Uh- uh not that i know of i mean it went to record stores and stuff like independent ones that requested yeah. it or I, yeah of course dude, dude i found knows? i found i no longer recently at uh park city what is that called park city cds in orlando oh sweet i think that's what it's called but yeah it was like limited to 500 copies and they still had a sealed copy it was like damn steel nice dude that's yeah. awesome was it the the second press or <sighs> Not sure, actually. I think it was the first press, to be honest. Which one? Whichever had like the really nice cover and everything with like the, the hard cover. I don't know. Is that the first? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but that was pretty, pretty sick. Cool. Added to the collection. Love so, a good find, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, of course. So, who named the band Panameno and why? That was Vinny's idea. Uh, I'm pretty sure he just thought it sounded cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Looking that- back, that was a horrible choice, but. <laughs> really uh i mean at least it's not like devil wears prada or something you know what but they they at least that makes sense at least people can pronounce that you're right because we were just everything was like wait like the are you like like the cheese like 
the thing in like the like an olive like so that was always really fun or having to repeat it 30 times really people people can't say it yeah or you know what i mean like oh hey i you're in a band that's so cool what band are you in and you have to be like oh i'm in pentimento and they're like i'm sorry what (laughs) pentimento i'm sorry wait what are you saying you know like that sort of thing so yeah or you could be like I am in the world is a beautiful place and I am no longer afraid to die. <laughs> Fucking longest Still, name ever. Way cooler than ours though. Yeah. No, they were sick. I don't, I don't know yeah, why, why they stopped. <laughs> why couldn't it have just been Slipknot? Why couldn't we just have that one? Exactly. Yeah. You know? Of course. Oh, Panameno stands for like painting, right? Yeah. It's like a process that uh, a painting goes through when there's oil on canvas and it gets painted over and the original painting kind of starts to bleed through uh, like the remnants of that painting start to show through the the new piece. I see. So, yeah. Very interesting. Um, so you guys did a ripper of a split with young English back in 2012 with both parties serving up four songs each. Is there ever some sort of like competition between bands to see who has the better side of songs upon completion? I don't think it's a competition. You're just always kind of scared that their songs are going to be better than yours. That's what I mean. Yeah. Which, which in this case, like, it's totally true. Like the young English songs are so <laughs> fucking sweet. Like I love, I love the dashboard cover that we did. And you know what I mean? The bridge was uh, a cool song. That was always really fun to play live, but dude, yeah. the young English songs on that uh, split are insane. They're actually yeah. insane. So oh, they're cool, man. Shout out young English for sure. I still get to keep up with those assholes all the time, which is wonderful. How do you, how do you like come together and decide which band to do a split with? Is it just kind of like, you know, you guys, talk? Uh, that one in particular was uh, panic records had just signed us and young English and thought it might be cool. Yeah. Um, and we just, we loved those guys like right off the bat, they were from pretty close in New York. Um, we got to play some shows with them and stuff like that. So that, that was, uh, thanks to, to panic, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one that I did with fake space that, w- that was just us fucking around. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. like a, Hey, this could be a cool idea. So we, we've actually been talking about, uh, maybe doing another one this fall. Really? Oh, that'd be sweet. Just to do it. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say that the self-titled really garnered you guys, your fan base, at least to start it off um was there a lot of pressure making that first record or were you guys just stoked to put it all together you know i think we were just stoked to actually put it together at gcr like that uh we mm-hmm. we had gone there to do wrecked and um the split yeah super cool but we we knew that everybody um everybody that was going to take you seriously for a tour, everybody that was going to take you seriously as a booking agent, da, 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 they all wanted to a record label, et cetera, et cetera, uh, was very focused on the full length. So it was, uh, it was a challenge, but as soon as we thought we had enough songs, like we were ready to go. Um, and it was awesome. We had a lot of fun, but that was another one of those situations where, uh, panic records was, um, supposed to pay for it. And while we were in there said that they were not going to pay for it. So we had like a $5,000 bill to do. Oh, we didn't know where that money was going to come from. So, so it's we safe just put to say you, you panicked. <laughs> we did panic. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> and it was like, you know, he's got, he's got like some fucking entertainment lawyer sending us letters and shit. And as like young kids, you wow. know, who don't know any better, like we're fucking terrified, you know? And then like, we had to get a lawyer to just do the back and forth whatever with and like yeah. nothing ever came of it um but it was it was mad scary and it was all just because like we went in to record this lp that was like 
in our contract and he didn't he didn't want to pay for it so like it just was gonna sit on a hard drive so we were like yo fuck that put it out for free and people just donated and so we we paid for the studio like that that's crazy well it's a banger so that was it um there was pressure thanks man i (laughs) i haven't listened to that record in a long time but uh uh that that recording process was definitely um eye-opening for sure there there was just a lot of time spent in the studio to the point where it was like frustrating and stuff so like by the time we made another record we were all a lot more efficient a lot more uh like conscious of the process and stuff and you know that was a huge learning experience if nothing else that was a major learning experience for sure I'll never forget the time you guys played UB in the parking lot there. Uh, that shit was insane. Wow, dude. I just came across a picture of that the other day. Yeah. Um, that was really special. That mm-hmm. was really, I don't know why. There was just something about something in the air that day, man. It was, it was kind of crazy. I don't think I expected like that many kids to, to show up for that. Yeah. And then the fact that it's like started raining and everybody came under the tent. Oh, like, that's why we went playing drums, but there's just, damn, I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And just like trying to play with like people on top of you and stuff. It was, it was fucking awesome. Dude, that had to be one of the most intimate performances you guys ever done, I think. Oh, easily. It was a very tight, it was very, very tight in there. Um, But super cool. Wasn't there like a lot of bands that played that? I feel like there were like a bunch of local bands. Yeah. um, I can't remember. Yep. Um, Of Fortune and Fame, I remember they were also on Panic Records. Uh, they played not head north. sure who else was on that bill but i mean yeah. it, it was oh that could have been it yeah i think head north played it yeah seemed like a cool idea mm-hmm. it was like an outdoor like i don't know there was all kinds of shit going on yeah um so you guys have been pretty inactive the last five years do you think we will see a reunion show in the nearby future or am i pushing my luck oh man <sighs> I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, the okay. last time that we all hung out, um, band stuff was so far from the conversation, really. It, you yeah. know, it was just more about catching up with those dudes and like trying to figure out how the fuck we actually feel <laughs> like yeah. as people and shit. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man. I think without knowing it, we might have played our last show at Ballroom. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would oppose the idea ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. But I think you know everybody has like kind of moved on in their own ways. Jerry got his business degree. Oh, very cool. Lance moved to the Adirondacks, <laughs> and is just like living out his fucking photographer dreams, like in nature, and yeah, has just become like a very nature conscious guy and yeah. um, very like uh concerned about his footprint and trying to make sure that he's doing the right thing by being responsible as a photographer out there because there's just so much fragile like wildlife and um greenery and stuff that like people come to take pictures of the shit and just trample on stuff and have no idea what's going on and he like wants to take pictures of this beautiful stuff but doesn't want to encourage that kind of stuff and i'm like dude that that would have been so far from my mind maybe i'm just a dick but like (laughs) that's amazing that that's what you're thinking about when you like your passion is photography so um that was cool you know Vinny, he uh unfortunately just lost his dad so 
Damn. Um, yeah, he, he passed away a couple of months ago and we have just been trying to support that dude through it and keeping up with him. Um, so when we got to hang, it was, it was really special, dude. It was just like a, a, a weight had been lifted, uh, for sure. I didn't know how much I missed those dudes. Um, my, my wife and I left that place, um, feeling like we owed somebody something for it. Yeah. Uh, that was how my wife put it <laughs> that we, that we, we owed somebody something for that hang. Cause it was like that good. Like I should have, should have yeah. paid for it or whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, man, those guys, uh, are always going to be family. And if they wanted to fire it up, I would drop everything to do it anytime. Yeah. I just know that in my heart, um, I'm very focused on what I'm doing. Cause I still feel like music is the thing that I got to do with my time, but yeah, absolutely. Jerry is on a different path. Lance is on a different path. Vinny's on a different path and everybody's like very comfortable and excited and like cool with what they're doing. No one's like taking the easy way out or like bummed that this is how it panned out. It's just, yeah, you know, we're, we're loving each other from, from a distance now. And, and um, it's, it's tough. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front and say that it, it doesn't, um, cross my mind, you know, but it's just because, um, when you're, when you're so sure that your character comes from these people and these experiences and the, the times that you guys shared, it's hard not to, to, to miss it. You know what I mean? Um, but, but the best thing that, that we can do, I guess, is just like take all that, stuff and what it's worth and continue to put it to work for, for whatever you are right now. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's always going to be all good. Mm -hmm. Good way to put it, you know? And yeah, like uh, it'll, it'll never, the band will never break up. We will never break up. It, That's cool. It's not going <laughs> to ever be over. You know, we've talked about that multiple times. It's, <laughs> We're never breaking but up. But <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, you know, there's no reason to say, Hey guys, we're done. Yeah. It's absolutely. just, it's this now, mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we did, we did, I no longer, and unfortunately didn't get to record anything else after that. And, you know, if, if that was the last that anybody heard from Pentimento, I would still be, I'd be proud of that. You know what I mean? I would still be psyched. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a coincidence. You called it. I no longer, but <laughs> dude, hindsight is always 2020 and it's fucking yeah. creepy. It's creepy absolutely. how shit like that works out. So you're, you're telling the truth, man. Yeah, absolutely. On a scale of one to 10, how punk rock are you? Oh shit. Well, now that I'm 32, yeah, I'll give myself a six oh. point nine. No. Uh, yeah. 6.9. There you go. Which yeah. All right. 6.9 is, is, is appropriate. I think, uh, let's see. I, I don't know. What's, what's the gauge here? Like how, how, what's the point system? How do I know? Just one to 10. I mean, you know, okay. 10, 10, meaning you're the most punk rock. No, not the most, not anymore. Not anymore. What no. about, what about old Mike? Uh, probably, you know what, honestly, probably not that I, I <laughs> probably <not. laughs> I tried really hard, tried really hard for sure. Um, 
No, I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's really, really funny, like being an adult now and thinking about all that shit, actually, <laughs> because uh, you realize like how little you actually have changed, I guess. Like yeah. if for better or for worse, you're just like, oh, man, like, I, I still like the same stuff. It like never went anywhere. I still like hang with the same people and talk the yeah. same shit all the time. So it's just like, in a sense, like a relief to be consistent or maybe some sort of like punk rock prison that I've built myself because I'm a like 32 year old who just like wears all black and like only, <laughs> <laughs> only wants to listen to anti-flag or whatever. So, like, <laughs> um, you, you were in a hardcore band called Burn Book. Yeah, baby. I'm not sure how many shows you guys played back in that era, but I know I definitely saw you guys rip at least like one time at waiting room. Right. Yeah. We, we played like a ETID Christmas show or something. Yeah. Was there not a lot of shows? Oh yeah. Wait, you played the one with the, uh, with the one flyer with the flames, right? Was that? Yeah. Big? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We played, a, I, would, I would say probably, uh, four or five shows, something okay. like that. Maybe, maybe half a dozen. Um, it was a short lived thing for me. Cause like Penty was busy. So I, I couldn't really yeah. do a ton, but, um, That's fun. yeah. Uh, Christian, um, from fake space was in burn book as well. Um, so that was, that was a blast. I like making heavy stuff with that guy for sure. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I miss our hardcore scene. I know. So many sick bands, man. So many Dude, sick bands. A lot of those fans too. I just remember like, especially for the local bands, like you'd have like the fans come in they would just like steal the mic, dude. Yeah. Crazy. Huge. Um, I also checked out another hellish band you did in the earlier years called Eating Bullets. When did you decide to give your, your whole self to Satan? <laughs> man. It's probably as soon as I figured out what it was, I was like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm super into this. Um, dude, th that was another project where it was just like some guys, just some dudes, yeah. uh, hanging out and we were like, yo, should we just like make an EP? And somebody was like, yeah, I got a bunch of recording shit. Like I'll just bring it here to this practice space. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Done. Why not? And it just, it came out like, so like eerie and creepy and shit. Like I, uh, it's funny that that project was so short lived. I, I, I wish I could play drums like that anymore. Holy fuck. But um, yeah, dude, that shit was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for checking it out. That's like a very obscure one. Dude, absolutely. People should go check them out. Uh, at one point, the Buffalo music scene was absolutely like unstoppable until the last couple of years, really. What do you think made it such a strong scene and how can we bring it back to its glory days? Dude, strong bands make a strong scene. True. There are... Um, many many showgoers in buffalo but it's one of those situations where uh you know you might go to a show out at riverworks or something and you're like yo where the yeah. fuck did all these i've never seen any of these people where are they at all these other shows and it's yeah. just about it's just about you know the right band doing the right thing so mm -hmm. i think strong bands make for a strong scene every time um there are tons of really cool bands in buffalo right now i i think that um Obviously, the the COVID situation affecting live music is making the 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 waters murky for yeah. shows moving forward. But it is looking uh, the forecast is sunny for for Buffalo as far as shows are concerned. There's stuff yeah. happening all the time. Things are getting announced. It seems like as soon as that starts to happen, I mm -hmm. bet there's going to be a lot more uh, 
inspiration in the mm-hmm. air for these guys who um, have been doing band stuff for a while and yeah. uh, just just never pulled the trigger. So I, I'm thinking there's going to be some cool bands that maybe came out of quarantine projects. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll that'll end up doing well. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm like to see what happens for sure. Uh, I I think that back when Penty was very active, like I would have considered it strong and like Huge. just cool that we got to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um and Dude, I mean, I'm just thinking about bands like Mountains and uh, the traditional. Traditional, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. these just legitimately good bands that people wanted to go fucking see. And you can't, you can't, you can't take that away from anybody. So whether it's like, yeah, yeah Buffalo's got a cool punk scene or like whatever, like maybe, yeah. maybe, but maybe they just have bands that like people just actually want to go fucking check out, which is nice. Cedar you Kites. Know? Cedar Kites was awesome too. Hell yeah. Yeah. Remember yeah, I, Buffalo just, it, I don't think that uh, a whole lot of people that are doing the thing now remember it this way, but Buffalo just, it used to be a town where if there was a show happening, people would just go because it was yeah. happening. And then it got very saturated like every other market and there was just too much. So you had to click up, you had to only go to X wheels. You had to only go to Mohawk or whatever the fuck. And that made it weird, but Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's certain pockets of the country that like Pentimento has toured through and stuff that were legitimately like that. Like people just thought, oh shit, there's a show happening. So I'll go because that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really seem to happen around here much anymore. But if I was going to say that, that like, if there's one thing that would make it stronger, it would just be like, okay, if there's a show, just go, just go to check it out. If you got nothing to do, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that's what also makes a scene strong. People who are like, willing to just check it out and maybe experience a band live first before discovering them on the internet or something like that you know no yeah absolutely be get dedicated for sure yeah um i love the waiting room by, uh, shirt by the way that you're wearing very cool oh, thanks <laughs> i always wanted to get one of those <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send you one. Oh, you got a bunch of them yeah oh sweet um did i ever tell you about the time that keith buckley from every time i die poured me a tap water there no yeah, I went there and I, I go over to the bar. I wanted a water and I look up and it's Keith Buckley. I'm like, what? Yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is sweet. <laughs> he's out here in these streets. Yep. He, he, he's hustling he too. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. He uh, just, I, I can't say enough um, Good guy. about every time I die. I, yeah, I really, I really can't. It's been um amazing to have a band like that continue to do so so well uh this late into their career every record they put out they somehow find a way to be a better version of them yeah yeah and it's very very inspiring dude because um they they also seem to do a lot to try to give back to buffalo or at least put the shine on buffalo and always always have uh championing the championing this city yeah. uh throughout their their whole like storied career so um yeah i have just loved 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 that band's work ethic and loved yeah. watching them grow and i dude just like really fucking cool to see them go from like buffalo's most hated band at showplace theater <laughs> to like the most revered thing that buffalo has to offer you 100%. know um yeah. They, they know what the fucking deal is, man. So shout out, shout out to Eaton. Uh, and also just have been so cool to our band or any band yeah. that I was in, uh, been able to play the, the, the holiday show a couple of times with different bands and stuff. So, um, 
just can't thank those guys enough for the opportunity that they've created just for young bands in Buffalo, people paying attention to Buffalo because of ETID, you know? So yeah, very, very, very cool. And they're really great with their, their merch designs and their whole like, you know, oh, mar- come on. marketing tools are just hilarious. They're perfect at it. <laughs> it does not, it does not get any better. You know what I yeah, mean? They, it absolutely. does not get any better. Yeah. Very cool. And every album, dude, every album is a different experience. Like they all sound completely different, which I think is crazy. I, I don't know how you can do that with that kind of music, but they always manage to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, and they're like, maybe some of their drummer changes and stuff have like influenced yeah, yeah. the sound and, and shit. Um, because they, they have gone through a, a few different, like absolute shredders, like guys that were just so strong and crazy in their own ways. Yeah. So, um, I feel like that's been helpful for the direction of their music a ton. And like, you know, I, we, we, uh, are in the same building as ETID downtown, um, the, the practice space. The practice so like space, yeah. at, yeah. So at any given moment, like you could hear, you hear Andy in their riffing, dude, like they're, <laughs> they're going to fucking, they're going to fucking work. They're going to fucking work. So, yeah. um, that, that is why, that is why it's, it's like somebody who is like super highly skilled in martial arts or something like the reason that they dominate the reason they're champion is because they, they kick fucking ass and then get right back to work. They make a record and then mm-hmm. it's, what is the next thing yeah. every time, you know, every time. Um, so, so back when Penimento, burn book and all the other bands were popping and still now you and other members of these bands have always had an incredible interaction with fans. Why do you think it's so important to share some in- intimacy with them and you know, all the people that dig your music? You know, I, I feel like part of it is just serving this like, uh, as a, as a person who goes to shows or just loves music or whatever, you, you'd love being in on it with the band somehow. So it's, I I just think like being a little more vulnerable in that way, like was just maybe not always the right approach, but an approach. And it was something that I just, uh, I felt comfortable doing it. I thought it was fucking cool when bands did that type of shit. So I just wanted to, I was like, Holy shit, finally, like now, now we're a band. Now I get to try this shit out. Like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's the right so, way to be too, because that's just that's how you're going to get I, I more mean, fans. Yeah, for sure. And there's just so many, there, there's so many incredible things about just like the, the band experience that are such a mystery to people, you yeah. know? And I feel like sometimes the transparency, like m- maybe, maybe it was too much, maybe, maybe oversharing is a thing as well. Um, or it can, it can be annoying and, I think there's a fine line that people walk, but you also like want to pull the curtain back a little for people and show them what it, what it takes to, to, to do it or like um, give them that other side of it, because then it, it yeah. just deepens the relationship that you have with the artist or the music. Um, mm-hmm. I always thought that was a really cool thing when bands did it in small ways. And so then when it was our turn, I just thought like, this would be cool, you know? Mm-hmm. That's smart. Some bands get by on the some bands get by on the mystery, yeah. And I think our thing was the opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. For anyone out there that's interested in starting a band but are unsure of where to start, uh, what would your advice be to them? <laughs> Tongue twister. Demo, just demo stuff. Make demos. Um, that yeah. if you don't have a band, but you have a laptop, you can probably find some sort of fake drummer some sort of 
drum loop, garage band, whatever you got to do, um, do that. You could spend a hundred bucks on a little tiny setup for yourself and be able to make demos that are solid enough yeah. to show other people. And, uh, with, with just a little bit of love, um, you could kind of like give others the lowdown instead of having to worry about showing up and seeing who's got riffs or what squirts out. Cause <laughs> yeah. it doesn't always go down like that. You kind of got to be in the mood. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, dude, if you're, if you're, if, if you're trying to do that, I think it's, it's just, you make the demos, you show people what the fuck is up. And if you can't get nobody to do it, you just do it your damn self. And mm -hmm. that's how you roll. That's how you rock. That's how you roll. Would you say that Buffalo's premier event promoter after dark entertainment played a big part in your various bands, longevity and growth in the area? Absolutely. Um, I work in the after dark office currently, um, oh, cool. for everyday Inc. We share an office with, with after dark. Um, they're a show promotion company. And I think with that, comes a lot of negative connotations everybody assumes that it's a money grab somehow or uh mm -hmm. whatever they just let whoever whoever is selling the tickets is making money and always seems some sort of uh there, there always seems to be some sort of discrepancy with the consumer when it comes to uh show promoters or or bands love to shit on promotion companies for why nobody showed up to their show yeah um and stuff like that i just i think that after dark is probably one of the most honest and hardworking. Mm -hmm. uh uh i don't even i don't even know what to call them as an entity because it seems like they do a lot more than they do it is it is a a show promoting company but um they do a lot just to uphold the scene here, you know, in conjunction yeah. with uh, some venues like Rec Room um, and some out in Rochester and things like that, just to keep um, the nightlife alive and things like that. So it stretches yeah. way beyond like just what they do for, for bands. They do a lot for Buffalo, which is cool, but uh, they're just honest, hardworking dudes that are down to help bands. And I feel like, yeah, they helped out pentimento and put us on really cool shows with you know touring bands that were coming through so it gave us a chance to get in front of new eyeballs all the time mm -hmm. um and that was awesome so shout out after dark for sure hell yeah, yeah. dude i've always loved them i used to go there after uh school yeah. off state and i would just go get some tickets right down the street <laughs> yeah man you should stop by on the porch one day i will yeah so I, cool so is it the same building still then with uh everyday inc yeah Oh, very yep. cool. Well, I'll be there in August, hopefully. So I'll be stopping by. Cool, man. We'll hang out. That would and, be awesome. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you've played many sick festivals, including Fest, Skate and Surf, Bled Fest, Spring Fling, Riot Fest. Do you have any great memories from these shows? And is it a lot more nerve wracking playing to hundreds, if not thousands of onlookers that might not know your material? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 super crazy but you i mean you like when you're in those settings like it's time so you're not even really thinking about that you're just like yeah okay there's a lot of fucking people here let's rock like <laughs> like this is gonna be sick um <laughs> dude every one of those that you mentioned has been sick for its own reasons taste of chaos was like the stupidest thing we've ever done that, that was wait insane. what you did taste of chaos uh, yeah with oh, uh shit, I didn't know that. with reggie and the full effect Oh, okay. That's funny. Um, that was like the craziest festival I've ever been a part of, uh, because <laughs> you're, you're just like standing 
uh, elbow to elbow with it. Like here's Chris Caraba. He's just standing here. <laughs> I just, I could just talk to him. He's just eating a sandwich. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, that kind of shit was going on. So I, I was awesome. losing it a little bit, but like, dude, fest in Gainesville is an experience. It, yeah. dude, there is no, there is nothing. There is nothing like that. Uh, just the entirety yeah. of Gainesville turns into a little punk rock village for a while. Yeah. Um, they're so coming that back. That was like year. the coolest shit in the world. I got to play. <clears throat> Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. Uh, it, it was like my birthday a couple of years that we played. So I got to celebrate my birthday jamming. And that was like really, really fun. That's sick. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely always have that memory. Yeah. Over the years, Panameno got to play with some really cool bands, including Light Years, Candy Hearts, Lost for Words, Real Friends, Forever Came Calling. Was there any particular band that stood out the most and that you guys bonded with the strongest while out on the road? Oh man. Um, I would have to shout out, uh, Gates for sure. Um, I just think that we fell in love with those guys instantly. Um, Mm -hmm. we played with them for a couple of shows across the, across the border in Canada. That's how we met. Um, then on different festivals, blood fest and, uh, fest in florida and all that shit um and then toured with them and better off uh ha- and have mercy i'm sorry um yeah. that was like that was one of those homie bands for sure uh light years too man we did our first full us with them and our first uh tour in europe uh in the uk yeah um that, that's a bond that like will never I don't care how much time passes. Like I'm just always going to remember those dudes for that and how uh, incredible it was. I mean, man, I I just have to say that like just about every band that we went out with, uh, with the exception of fucking dads. um, But just about every band that we've been out with has been just awesome, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or full of mostly uh, great people. So um, the swellers too. Those guys were a lot of fun. That was that was a super cool experience because yeah. we just genuinely loved their fucking band so much. Of course, and would listen to it in the van like all the time. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, so going on tour with those dudes was like holy shit. Now we're like we're going to school. Like we're, yeah. we're gonna <laughs> learn what the fuck is up. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, they definitely took us under their wing in a big way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, but Gates is definitely the band that comes to mind when I think about that man. I just. Kevin, the singer from Gates, mastered the the new Hotel Etiquette record, so that was awesome. Um, just a, a total pleasure to work with that dude uh, again on music stuff after all this time. So, hell yeah! You guys had one of the more impressive audio tree sessions that I've seen. Was that a nerve wracking process, or was it genuinely chill? Dude, they were so fucking cool. It was okay. it was so chill. It was so 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 chill. Yeah um <laughs> jerry was just having a great day he he like got a little bit of reverb on his yeah. voice in his headphones yeah and something just like lit up in him and he felt like he was fucking Dude, adele he <laughs> so he was having the best day ever yeah he killed it he's just like having so much fun with it and uh yeah that was super fun we played everything like double the speed that it's supposed to be but um mm-hmm. it's a fucking blast yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, man. The guy that interviewed us was like the the world's most relaxed guy. Like he just was zen the mm-hmm. whole time. 
Um, but yeah, that was a crazy experience, man. And they, they do some kick-ass work over there. Uh, I love watching their sessions, even bands that I'm not familiar with. Um, it seems like they don't really miss mm -hmm. when they invite bands on there. So very fucking cool. And you did little elephant too. Do they, do they like edit those things? Like, how does that work in terms of like, like, what if you fuck up? Do you get to do it again? Yeah. You just get as many takes as you need. Okay. You know what I mean? I think for, for stuff like that, um, the yeah. audio tree was live. Like we, we streamed that. So I that see. was all what you, what you saw was what you got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little elephant. I think the, the first one we did was live. And then the second one we did, we might've done like a take or two, cool. um, of everything just to like pick with, you know, whatever one was the best. Best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's usually how it goes. If you fuck up, you just start over. Fuck it. Yeah. So I've always loved the dynamic of Jeremiah singing and you crashing in on the drum set microphone. Was it your idea originally to be a part of the vocals? I feel like it's another trait that really makes this band stand out. Oh, thanks. Um, I, dude, it was just like, who can sing the part? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't necessarily want to, but I kind of like always have in like every band that I've done mm -hmm. just, just to do the harmonies or something like that. And I, yeah. like, I, I hate it. I don't think there's anything stupider than a drummer or singer it just looks so weird and i know what oh, it looks man. like there's just no way to make it look cool you can't fucking <laughs> you can't use the headset so yeah, like it's just you can't you can't do that shit so come on uh, you looked pretty cool doing that oh man well thanks you're you're gassing me out now um <laughs> No, yeah, it was just like who can sing the harmonies, you know. Vinny, Vinny stepped in. Lance gave it a shot at first, but wasn't yeah. super comfortable singing mm -hmm. all the time. So uh, Vinny, Vinny stepped in a little bit where he could, and yeah. I just tried to let the stuff rip because all the vocal melodies that I ever have, like for some reason, are way out of the range of most mm -hmm. uh, like logical humans. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know, man. I just like kind of went for it. I still like to this day have no fucking idea how some of that stuff came out mm -hmm. and like a lot of it feels more comfortable sitting which is weird like i mm -hmm. i i'm curious to see like if i could go make a record and and like do the the singing delivery like while seated because i'm so used to doing that like uh in, in pentimento or or like when i demo songs i'm usually in my yeah. car yeah sitting so it's like <laughs> that's funny stuff like that yeah um so in like the lyric writing process, like who wrote the lyrics mainly? Was it all you guys together or did like people bring like their, their snippets that they come up with or how did that work? Cause I know you played, you played a pretty big part in it for Pentimento. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I wrote the lyrics for that stuff. I think, uh, Jerry and I collaborated for stuck forever, which is cool. Like I, I yeah. had that chorus laying around forever. Yeah. And, uh, then, one morning at the studio we just kind of went back and forth and tried stuff out together um he also wrote the song gateway uh okay. on i no longer yeah. um but yeah I i'm pretty sure i did the lyrics for everything else on that record and the ones before it wow. um but but that was just kind of how it shook out man it was no like it yeah. wasn't really a debate it was just kind of like all right Jerry has this role. Vinny has yeah. this role. Lance does this thing. I just kind of bring this shit to practice or I would yeah. like send demos and whatever yeah. that, that was just kind of how it went. Yeah. It's all about what you're good at. Yeah. Like I, you know, and truthfully, that was probably the only thing I could offer because I'm not like smart or good with money <laughs> Come on. or anything. So it's like, what the hell, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so you guys always had a very tight live performance. Did you constantly get together and practice? 
Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was like, uh, kind of a stickler about it. So we were really serious about jamming like twice a week at least, um, maintaining a practice space downtown for, uh, basically the life of the band. Uh, we, we we still have a room that we shared down there, uh, that, that I'm in quite a bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, practice was everything. We also had a pretty heavy tour cycle, you know what I mean? So we were just jamming a fucking lot. Um, and it, it makes you a well-oiled musician for sure. You can feel the difference uh, after a week off or something like that, getting back behind your kit and being like, oh shit, how do I, <laughs> man, I'm fucking tired already. Like this is crazy. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we practiced a lot and it, it, Jeremiah, like, especially he was just really, um, he was really into the idea of being that band, you know, to be super tight, to be impressive in that way, because that's what he hated about punk music. Like he loved everything yeah. else. He loved the feeling, but he just didn't want to be sloppy. He didn't, you know what I mean? He yeah. took himself Seriously. serious enough. Yeah. So that was, that was really cool. It made everybody else like step up their work ethic and, you know, luckily it was still fun, <laughs> you know, at that time. So what was the uh, solution in the lake? Uh, to jump off the bridge or not? <laughs> There you go. Yeah. Uh, how great was the feeling the first time you had your music pressed to vinyl? Crazy world of madness. Yeah. That was when we first started the band, there was like a little list of goals that we made. Yeah. And on vinyl. Every, everybody picked one. Yeah. And that was mine. I just like, I just wanted to put a record out on vinyl so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was crazy, dude. I mean, it was like a really uh special thing because then we were like wow maybe we're a real band now like this is yeah like right in front of you it's a fucking thing right mm-hmm. so that was cool um <laughs> and, but even still yeah every time it happens and, and it comes out you're like you know people like covet this stuff you want it you have it in your collection you value it you care you care about having this like thing it's a different yeah. experience than just tossing it on spotify or, or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. so um it, it's it's crazy that it exists in that format and that it's like made such a comeback in the last while um yeah. because it's such a cool way to experience the the music you gotta kind of pay attention it's a little more delicate of a process and shit like that you know? <laughs> yeah so oh, you got any funny tour memories while on the road st louis st louis yeah. <laughs> what made you bring up St. Louis specifically? I don't know. I just remember there was like something that happened there, but I don't remember what it was. Oh man. So much crazy shit happened in St. Louis, dude. Yeah. Something crazy happened. That's all I know. Um, dude, funny tour memories. I, I don't even know. It's so hard to like pick one thing, dude, because yeah. <laughs> tour, tour in general is fucking hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tour in general is hilarious you like make up a language that basically you and the band just know how to speak yeah uh you like are constantly doing things that are disgusting yeah and make others laugh and like i don't know interacting with raccoons and whatnot when you get yeah. the chance <laughs> uh meeting the homeless things like that yeah um but yeah st louis was crazy man jerry just he had a rough night um he was super wasted and uh we were having a hard time um at this bar because he was kind of passing out while we were chilling he oh okay uh we got invited 
um, to go after a, a show while we were on tour with Reggie and dads. Yeah. And uh, holy fuck, man. Yeah. He just drank a lot at this bar. I think, I think the, the singer from story of the year. Ooh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the singer from story of the year owned the bar. Uh, it was okay. like a bar slash venue slash bowling alley. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. It was sick. It was fucking awesome. And he was a great dude. Um, but he just had no problem. <laughs> getting jerry drunk as fuck uh <laughs> and jerry's having a great time and yeah. so uh we leave to go to this other bar to get some food or something yeah jerry can't really stand he just starts barfing all over everybody and everything oh, in this bar we had to like take this taxi back <laughs> puking in the taxi get him in the hotel room he's flipping the fuck out i mean he was just like yeah. so pissed he wanted to just walk home he <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was, it was a rough experience. He, he wrote the song gateway about that time. So okay. the, the lyrics are kind of about um, yeah. that particular experience. I don't know if it was funny. Like the next day it was kind of funny. Yeah. I guess uh, he like, I remember he bought like everybody, like a package of uh, like these special Oreos, like these limited Oreos. <laughs> so that, and that was like, Hey, we're cool. Right guys. Like, yeah. Was, Mm, no, uh, I, never knew, I never knew what the story was i just remember you saying something about st louis i don't know if it was like an interview or you mentioned it to me i don't remember <laughs> oh word yeah man I, I really don't i really don't know um hilarious that's not what you were looking for that's not exactly funny but yeah. that's just like obviously when, when i think about like crazy tour stuff it's it's usually something along those lines just because it felt like dude this night is never gonna end like yeah. i don't know if we're ever gonna make it out like yeah. i can't even remember if we had a show the next day or whatever but for you know it was it was fucked up. Yeah. It was very fucked up. Have you ever gotten hurt during a set? Hurt during a set? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Jerry got shocked pretty good one time in Florida. He like fell back into my drums. That was kind of, that was kind of shitty. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I ever got hurt. Um, we were on tour with the Swellers playing in Philly mm-hmm. and I like, go to hit the cymbals at the end of the song and fell off of the, off of my drum throne backward, like (laughs) off stage. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't too gnarly. Um, It's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) that was like the only thing I could think of. Uh, Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Have you ever gotten hurt in a mosh pit? No, I don't think so. I've done my fair, fair share of moshing. I don't think, Oh, well, you know what? Somebody broke my nose at a comeback kit show once. (laughs) uh but that was that was more like this guy he was like drunk as fuck and he's like way older than everybody there and they're you know what i mean everybody's doing the ninja shit he sees this from the bar and he's like yo what the fuck like i gotta get in on this so he he just jumps in there and he starts like kicking kids and punching kids and i just like i had a big fucking mouth you know what i mean so i'm like yo man what the fuck that's not that's not what this is about bro like trying to give him the speech and he just headbutted me like he didn't hesitate at all he just yeah so i you know i got what i paid for and um sucks that's probably the worst of it though why what about you i think comeback kids coming back with terror um Fuck yeah. Uh, I mean, I've definitely gotten hurt. Like, I, I've gotten like the wind knocked out of me at shows. I mean, I've gotten kicked in the face and stuff. I've actually, I've never had a bloody nose in my entire life. So I don't know if I ever can, unless I break my nose, probably. Sick. 
but yeah, it's kind of a weird fact about me. Um, I've definitely gotten hurt, but nothing like I had to go home or anything. I didn't lose any teeth. Um, good deal. I, I've done a lot of stage diving and crazy stuff like that. I feel like you can get hurt more from crowd surfing than stage stage diving, though, right? Because you're coming from the Dude, wrong way. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, people um, have strange approaches to stage diving, though. So I guess like if you're <laughs> If you're confident, it'll go well, but yeah, it just, it just depends, man. Like I feel bad for everybody in that situation. Obviously like there's a time in your life where you're very fucking psyched on it, but yeah, man, oh man, oh man. Yeah. You got, it's only like the shows where there's a lot of people packed in that it's kind of okay. Cause at that point they have to catch you. Yeah, baby. But, um, so I've already asked you, you already mentioned that you got arrested. So we kind of have to skip that, I guess. Um, what are some local bands in Buffalo currently that you think people should check out? Uh, I think that people should check out Wild Once. Okay. I think that people should check out Ghost Pool. Okay. Um, I think that people should check out Johnny and the Man Kids. Okay. Are these all brand, brand new bands? Uh, I wouldn't say they're new. I guess a newer. Okay. Um, the Humble Braggers. Humble Braggers. Should, should be listened to as well. Um, yeah, man, I'll go with uh, a band called Funeral Coat just put out a song recently, too. Okay. Um, that's worth checking out. I know Super American is doing a record pretty soon, too. Love them. Um, lots of great stuff, man. So, yeah, I, I think like anywhere you look, uh, there's a band called Eerie Shores, too, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Fernway, Carpool, fuck. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah, dude. Uh, If you if you want a taste of it, actually, After Dark put a pretty cool playlist together a while ago, maybe at the beginning of quarantine or something like that, uh, called just Buffalo Emo. Yeah, tons of cool bands on there. So uh, Into the Wake. um, Also, they're going to do a record pretty soon. There's just a lot. Um, I think yeah, when shows are happening, it's gonna it's gonna come back in a big way. All right, now we've reached the point where I have my bullshit speed round at the end where I ask a lot of bullshit and you basically answer them. Let's go. So uh, one thing you love about Dennis Ferry? His hair. Yeah. Grape jelly or strawberry jelly? Grape every time. I love oh, grape yeah. jelly. 100%. Favorite Panamano song? Sink or Swim. Hmm, great or, or The Lake. Oh, man, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, if, if the first three on, I no longer could be one song, then I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. If that, if that could count. Blink-182 or Newfound Glory? Newfound. Every most, time. <laughs> most inappropriate thing you've ever done in public? Oh my God, dude. I don't even <laughs> want to think about that <laughs> at all. <laughs> that, that's, that's your answer? I have nothing to <laughs> offer you, dude. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> The thing is, the thing is that whatever I'm going to say, someone else is going to remember something 10 times fucking worse that I did. So I'm not even <laughs> going to put the put the bait in the water. You're right. We're in the, we're in the world of cancel culture right now. I just want to be cool, man. I see. Uh, favorite horror movie. Whoa. Hellraiser is probably up there. Um, yeah, I think Hellraiser is probably my favorite. I don't know. Fuck, there's so many cool ones, though. But I'll say Hellraiser. Dude, that's that's cool you say that. Speaking of that, we were talking about Every Time I Die a little bit ago. I'm not sure if you, you were aware, but at the last Christmas show I was at, um, not this past one that they had, the one before it, Okay. the dude that plays Pinhead in Hellraiser was there. 
Yeah. Yeah. Did you know about that? Yeah. He had something to do with the show. I don't know what the fuck his affiliation with the show was, but yeah. Yeah. He was like one of the people in like the wrestling thing. Exactly. He was, that, he was right, one of like right. the henchmen or something. Right. But yeah, somebody just tapped me on the shoulder. They're like, yeah, you know, that's like pinhead right there. I'm like, shut up. And I look up and sure enough, it is. <laughs> so cool. It's fucking yeah. insane, dude. Yeah. Um, crowd kill or stage dive? Stage dive. Favorite Buffalo pizza place? Oh, Metro Pizza, baby. Nobody knows about this little spot. Really? You got to come to the hood for it. But Metro on Clinton Street. Don't be scared. Just get a pie. Really? That's good. <laughs> don't be scared. Just get a pie. That's funny. Yeah. The last time I went to the hood for pizza was uh, what, Bailey Avenue pizza. Not far. Very good. Um, oh, yeah. Bills or Sabres? I don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> um, but I'll say uh, I'll say the Bills just because bills everybody else. Seemed, yeah, they're having a lot of <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of friends who are just like very into that stuff. And I like them better than the hockey ones for sure. Yeah. Pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? No. Okay. Fuck. No. <laughs> which, uh, which Powerpuff girl do you identify with? Come on. <laughs> Come on, dude. Let's, let's just go with buttercup because, <laughs> because I definitely had that haircut at one point. Like, but yeah, Buttercup is uh, my spirit animal. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, is it? It's Bubbles, Buttercup, and what's it on? Blossom or something? Blossom. Yeah, Buttercup seems most <laughs> likely to sell her soul to the devil. So I will definitely go with uh, Buttercup for sure. Buttercup's most punk. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you had to pick one song to play at your funeral, what would it be? Rain and Blood. <laughs> yeah like yeah rain and blood would probably be it which every time i die song rips the most dude uh logic of crocodiles is something that i think about like on an almost <laughs> daily basis like whether it's just a little drum part or something <laughs> like when you're um, asleep. yeah like it's just like i just hear the shit um but i don't know man anything on hot damn um that that's always gonna have a special place in my heart yeah um because it, it just, it sounds like, it chaos. sounds like nothing else. Yeah. Chaos, yeah. you know, and uh, <laughs> that whole record front to back is fucking an experience for sure. Yeah. I'm a big so. fan of uh, big dirty too. Big dirty doesn't get enough love, dude. And no. I'm really glad that you, that you like that record. Cause it sounds, that sounds like Buffalo. Yeah. hundred sure. <laughs> percent. That's what yep. I think put them on the map. Like, honestly, I think that was like the first one that just made them explode. Yeah. Um, Beavis or butthead. I'm going to go with Butthead because somehow he seems to be the more rational of the two. <laughs> so if I like if I was in a situation where I had to like hang with one of those dudes or like trust him with something, I'm going to I'm going to go with Butthead. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, best video game of all time. Mm, best video game of all time is Sim City for Super <laughs> Nintendo. Yes. Or Wario's Smooth Moves. If you've ever played that for Nintendo Wii smooth moves was it like a dancing game yeah no not quite it was like like sort of a like a, a quick puzzle game where like you just had to use the wand to figure shit out yeah it, but there was no directions or anything it would just be like a person with a glass of water and yeah. then you'd have like 10 seconds to figure out how to drink the glass of water with your little wand or That's something funny. like that um 
it dude it was insane it was just like the funniest game to play with your friends that i've ever seen it was like such a successful execution of like yeah oh make make a game that when people come over your house you're like yo we gotta play fucking play and this was it they just it was so genius dude so <laughs> get get yourself some mario smooth moves if you can i want to check that out uh remember Hell when yeah. remember when like 2007 when we came out everybody thought that was gonna be like the biggest thing in the world yeah absolutely i don't know how long that really lasted for what was it like a couple of years i don't know i don't know i bought one on a black friday thing and then like sold it <laughs> on craigslist a couple of years later and now i just miss it really bad but yeah i you know oh dude you know what let me take that back Star Fox 64 is the greatest <laughs> game ever uh created hell yeah that's the one that's, that's the one. Great Star one. Fox. yeah <laughs> um favorite hardcore band um probably i'll say crime and stereo uh oh, cool. if they count as a hardcore band yeah Absolutely. um but well but you know if if that doesn't count I will always say Converge. They're definitely uh, the best hardcore band of all time. They're yeah. sick. They're pretty yeah. heavy. <laughs> For sure. Uh, favorite they, movie. Huh? Go ahead. Favorite movie. Uh, uh, favorite movie ever? Fuck, dude. <sighs> favorite movie ever. I'll probably have to go with um, Batman Returns. I was just about to say, I see the Batman in the back. Yeah, I think Batman Returns might have to be. But, but but in my heart of hearts it's terminator 2 dude i fucking love terminator 2 yeah that 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 is that is the superior film to all films oh some people some people prefer the first one but i still think the second one's just like the most perfect some people do meth you know <laughs> just whatever you know you get what you get <laughs> uh favorite food uh oh today i will say chicken fingers for sure especially but they gotta be the the honey sriracha joints if you haven't had those come to buffalo i'll take care of you we'll get you some honey sriracha chicken fingers from lovejoy pizza i've never done that is that really good oh dude i'll change your life yeah let's go okay when you're when you're here in august we'll take care of that let's go (laughs) hell yeah uh muddy taco or taco bell Taco Bell, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't get the hype. I don't give a fuck. Mighty Taco is dog food. And I, I, I get it. It's a Buffalo thing, but it's like legitimately not good. Not That's even close funny, to good. Dude. doesn't even make sense that it's actual food. And um, yeah, I, I wish it wasn't a thing. My, one of my friends or my, my sister's friend, Lauren, her brother way back in the day had made like a viral prank video at Mighty Taco where he like dressed up in like a gorilla suit and just go basically, on basically went into mighty taco and just started jumping on tables. <laughs> Fuck yes. And it went crazy viral. And I don't know. It, like he took it off YouTube. I don't know why, but it was, oh, hilarious. Shit. I was going to say, send it. That sucks. Yeah. That would have been like a perfect protest to mighty. So, uh, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Dude, I want to say uh, shout out Fake Space. Um, Fake Space. I, yeah, Fake Space has an EP that is about to drop soon. Um, he has been working very hard in the studio on that. Uh, so in, aden- in addition to that long ass list of Buffalo bands that I mentioned, um, I need everybody to pay attention to the record that he's about to put out because it's going to be fucking cool. He's doing a really, really unique thing right now. I think not uh, a lot of bands around here, uh, let alone anything else sound like it. So yeah. he's, 
he's doing a punk rock thing, man. That, that sounds very um, authentic and I'm psyched for the world to hear what he's got going on. So uh, I want to say thanks to everybody who checked out X questions. Um, yeah. I, I am so, so, so fucking stoked to just like have it out and thank you for being willing to do this and picking up a copy yourself, man. This yeah, was like a crazy, crazy experience. So I'm just like, super relieved and happy that it's out in the world. And I, I just love everybody for uh, giving it a shot and telling their friends. And it just, it means a lot, you know, very, very fucking humbling. And um, I'm really proud of it and I'm glad other people are digging it too. So thanks. And what's the, uh, what's the website if people want to go pick it up? Uh, you can go to either hotel etiquette and okay. and there's a pre-order link there. Uh, but the record label, um, is just www.triplehammerrecords.com. Okay. Um, you can pre-order that and some merch that I have up, uh, as well. Awesome. And where can your fans find you? I'm on Instagram at hotel etiquette, and that's just about it for social media right now. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. This I'm stoked on this whole situation. This has been awesome. Great conversation. Me too, man. I really appreciate yeah. you, bro. Thanks a lot for taking some time on a Sunday for me. Absolutely. Hope to see you cool. at some point in Buffalo. I'll be there in the fall. Yeah. Talk to me. Holler when you're here in August. Absolutely. Paul, take care. Have cool. a great much day, love, man. Bro. Thank you. You too, bro. Peace. See ya. I want to get so high. I, I, I forget who I am and I get off of this planet for a little
fucking. I, 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 I forget who I am and I get off.